Welcome back to the Black Belter Podcast. You're listening to episode 36. Today's guest is Shannon Ryan. Shannon's background in combat sports started in wacko kickboxing when she started training in her dad's kickboxing club at a very young age. After many years of training and success, she tried her hand at Olympic-style taekwondo, getting selected as a member of Team GB. After her short stint there, she has now transitioned to boxing, where she's had a lot of success in a short space of time. She is an Alliance champion, a Women's Box Cup champion, and a London Championships silver medalist. Today I chat to Shannon about her journey in a number of sports, balancing a full-time job with training, as well as her plans and goals for the future. Make sure to like, share and subscribe. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the podcast and hope you enjoy. What's up Shannon, how are you? I'm very well, thank you yourself. I'm all good, I'm all good. Thanks for uh, thanks a million for, uh, for coming on uh, for a chat. No problem. Um, yeah, so had, uh, we were just talking there, like obviously you haven't been, doing much, been able to do much training and stuff, but had you any fights or competition coming up before all of this kind of kicked off? Yeah, so I really had had a big one, to be honest, and it was called the Elites for boxing. And obviously, so the Elites is the biggest one, and that can kind of open the doors for GB or like bigger things. If that's on your kind of boxing CV, that's uh, really good for you. So we was training for that, and then I think it was three days out before my first fight for the Londons. Um, I was training and then as I was training, hitting the pads and stuff, my coach gets a call and says, yeah, it's done, it's postponed. Um, so I'm hoping that goes ahead at the end of the year because my plan is to get that done and then do it again next March. And then obviously that's a tick on the amateur career that obviously I want to achieve. Yeah, the, so that, that would have been the, the ABAs. Is that what it's kind of known as over there? In the yeah, yeah, they've just and they've changed it to, uh, to the elites, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's... Does cancelling that kind of have a knock-on effect into the like the GB setup? What having that cancelled? Yeah. Um, no, because it will still go ahead. Um, but obviously the doors can open for GB kind of anywhere. You can have one bout and you don't know who's going to be there. It's just the elites is you fight the best of the best. So you do the Londons, then you move up to I think it is home counties, and then you go to regional. So obviously if you win all of them, just depends. Like, it's like kickboxing, depends how many people are in that category. You fight, fight, fight to get to the end. Yeah. And um, actually, let's just get back a bit. Like, how, did, how did you actually get into, get into kickboxing originally? Um, so I was five years old. And like, before I was born, my dad had his own kickboxing gym. Um, so I was kind of born into it, if that makes sense. So even now, I know nothing, nothing different. Um, so yeah, he started out in just like a leisure centre and then, yeah, as soon as I was born, he was taking us to tournaments um, and had us training from young. And that's me and my sisters, I mean. And then I think it was 2006, he got his own kickboxing gym. Um, and yeah, just followed through with him, really. So you didn't really have any choice in going into kickboxing? No, <laughs> had no choice. Again, I was brought into it and then I did like a bit of dance and a bit of gymnastics at school and things like that. But I didn't want to do anything else, just that really. So were you ever, would you have been competitive in uh, any of those other other kind of uh, hobbies or pastimes? Yeah, I think I'm, com- even like now I'm competitive in anything that I do, <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> do you think gymnastics and that helped you going into kickboxing? Um, I didn't do it for too long, but I do believe because I started uh, the stretching and everything from young, I carried that through um, even till now. Yeah. Don't need the flexibility in the legs so much at the moment, though. <laughs> no, I know I do. Do you know what? I do miss kicking. Um, but again, I'm enjoying the boxing more than I thought I would have when I first started. Yeah. Uh, 
would you is, is the club that you is your dad's club is that mostly points or is it all the disciplines or um so it is both the points and the light contact he does um he does both all the time so every session it would be a bit of points a bit of light contact so yeah, would you have always competed in, in both um funnily enough no so when i was younger i did both um and then as i started moving up i found in the kickboxing the points got a bit more recognition um so i just wanted to just concentrate on that solely um and even to this day i love it like i do miss it um and then it started as i was thinking about doing boxing i started to do a bit more like contact um i think i've done it again at the white tiger challenge um back in 2018 and then obviously i won that uh, in the division um and i come back and i was like no i don't like it i don't like it and then i'm boxing now so <laughs> uh, yeah it's so would you would you and your sister always have been, like been quite successful like straight away from you started would you have been picking up trophies and medals yeah so the eldest one so Gemma, she started with taekwondo and then my dad was a lot more stricter with her because obviously that was years ago um and then yeah so she started she started, I think she started the women's sections when she was about 11 or 12. And then me and my sister started doing the adult sections when we was about 13, I believe. Um, but yeah, we did start um, meddling and things from when we were young. So that obviously kept the motivation to keep going and obviously do better. So are you the, are you the, are you the middle sister or the youngest sister? No, I'm the baby. <laughs> I'm the youngest. Are yeah, you so I'm 23. Then Tash is 24. Four, and then Gemma's 35 now. So you, you got the easiest run, the, the, the least strict, I, I take it? No, I think the middle sister did. Yeah. And then I'm the one that's kept it kept it going. So I think I get the praise <laughs> from my dad. So they, they don't train anymore? And... Um, my, the middle one, so Tash is a sports rehabilitator now. Um, she still trains, but doesn't compete. And then Gemma, um, she's a beauty therapist and a masseuse. Um, and she just does training here and there, doesn't compete anymore. Yeah. So uh, what age are you then when you would have started maybe competing at like a, a Wacko Worlds and European, that, that kind of level? So when we started, so the Worlds, I only done, I think that was 2015. Um, because obviously with the Wacko Worlds uh, and the Europeans, we never really, I always wanted to do it. Um, because obviously if you win that, you're the best in, in your weight. Um, but obviously with that, in i don't know how it is for you guys but how it is here in the uk there's certain selected coaches that are your coach and my dad at the time was never selected to do that um so out of respect none like me and my team um we never went because obviously he's the one that's coached us on day one so how can we have someone else behind us do you know what i mean um and then it was 2015 i believe when i went to the juniors and he was allowed to coach um so that was an amazing win and obviously I'll never forget that. Um, but doing like the Irish Open and things like that probably would have been, I can't, I can't even say when it was. It was, I remember when it was a basketball arena. So, but I never yeah. competed. It was my sister that was competing there. Um, but yeah, obviously when it was in the basketball arena. Yeah, it's been, that was quite a good few years ago, I suppose, I, th I think. But, uh, and but like, well, like that winning the Irish Open seems to be like held in as much regard as as winning a a Wacko World title to to some degree because it's oh so definitely fast. definitely I won that um a couple of times and 
the, with the feeling, I can't even describe the feeling. It is just amazing. Like you just cry and all that hard work is, is, um, is achieved. And then obviously I think it was, it was when it was snowed. So when was that? Not last year, year before. Um, and I got to the final against um, an all-star girl and she got the win and it was a fantastic fight. But even to come second in that um, was amazing. And that feeling was amazing. However, obviously the best of the best were not there. So I would love to have done it again with everybody there to then fight and get to the final, you know? Yeah. And would you have done the, the grand champion event as, as well as your individual event? Yeah. So I would always do 50, 55 and then the open. And at first I was just doing the open just for a challenge, just to fight some different people. Cause as you might know, when you're fighting these tournaments, it's kind of the same people. So just wanted to challenge myself and I kind of proved myself in those, in those divisions. Yeah. I think especially when you kind of step up to the senior divisions, you start to see the same faces all the time. Like a, a junior can be, yeah. it can be changing. Cause obviously people, they get bit, they grow, they go to different weight divisions. They go, they turn senior, but in the senior divisions, you get you could get used to seeing the same faces, so it's nice to step yeah, in. and definitely in the fifties because it's such a lightweight and not many women anymore in that weight. But it was a lot of juniors then coming up into the weight. Do you find in that many many of them don't stay fifty for too long? That they end up there's maybe only one or two tournaments at maybe minus fifty, and then they move up. Does that happen a bit? Um, a little bit. So there'll be some that would do fifty one one tournament, and then. The next, I wouldn't see them in 15. I'd be like, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, sometimes it'd be, they just couldn't, they didn't want to cut down or um, they were just comfortable at 55. Yeah. I see that quite a bit because I, I compete in minus 57 in uh, Taekwondo. And all the time, like, yeah, you're seeing the guys, okay, this guy's coming up from junior. He's going to compete in the division. And maybe they're around for one tournament. And then it's like all of a sudden, like, because it's senior as well, life takes over and, like 57 mm-hmm. isn't an option anymore so there's there's never as many just when it looks like the division might be filling out they kind of it doesn't like in ireland i think the most we've ever had at the tournament in ireland at 57 is four you know okay yeah you have to kind of go abroad to for the division to fill out because like that you start thinking geez you might have six eight people here but it never works out because like that and you just, go away often for the taekwondo yeah so i'd be on the national taekwondo team it'd be uh, itf taekwondo so not the not the olympic style Okay. We were meant to go to the European Championships. I think we should have been there last week or two weeks ago, but obviously got cancelled with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So we were in the middle of preparation for that and, uh, and it just all stopped. Yeah, is it going to be rearranged or you're not sure? I'm not too sure. They were talking about, I think, trying to find um, an alternative date, but uh, there was the World Cup was meant to be in October in Slovenia. They've since cancelled that until 2022. So I don't know, maybe the Europeans might be able to fill in there, but I'm not totally sure yet. But, uh, sure, fair enough. Yeah, it'd be great. Because when it was first cancelled, I was kind of feeling, ah, look, it is what it is. But then when it was the week that you were supposed to be there, it was kind of like, ah, I should be there. Yeah. You know? I was like, shit. And I know everybody's in the same position. I understand that. But it's annoying because when you've kind of got a plan and goals, it's now set back a year. And again, like I said, everyone's in the same position. But it's annoying when your age is getting, getting on, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Especially like pushing on, yeah. I'm starting to feel, I do feel old sometimes, especially around the team. We had a good bit of turnover. And it's like I'm only twenty five, so like and I think it was the, I'm the oldest senior male, so like that yeah, you definitely start to feel like uh, I'm pushing <laughs> pushing on even though yeah, yeah. Um, it's still young. So uh do you kind of transition then for a little bit into into Taekwondo yourself then, did you? Am I right? Yeah, so um 
so I've done the kickboxing and then obviously when you're fighting the same people it's just a bit kind of demotivating um and then so I thought do you know what let me try out for the taekwondo team so I sent them an email and obviously I couldn't go to the proper selections because I had the maths exam um so they kind of set another thing up for me which was still a trial but it was just a smaller one if that makes sense um so I went up for that to Manchester and funnily enough I went I didn't hear nothing back so I had to go to my plan was to go to uni if I didn't do that so I went to uni for seven days for the freshers week and then I uh, took all my stuff up to Worcester University was there thought that was going to be my my time for three years and then had an email from the taekwondo the GB taekwondo in Manchester and then packed all my stuff came home for two weeks and then packed everything up again went to Manchester and at the start it was great like I actually enjoyed like the training twice three times a day is 100% what I want to do in the future um but then obviously they put me straight into full training so they didn't ease me into it so my body wasn't used to that and then I was meant to so I was training up for the Dutch Open to fly out to Amsterdam um but then obviously I couldn't go and have my first tournament there because I had a hip injury which required a steroid injection and the kicking ability just wasn't there so then obviously I was doing the 46 kilos um which the lightest I got to was 46.6 um and then obviously the steroid injection my weight was going up from that and obviously they didn't like that and obviously I was trying to tell them like I am eating good um but I'm not training so I'm eating good but I'm not training so how is the weight meant to come off and then anyway I got released from from there and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I went back to kickboxing for a little bit. And then that's when I sat down with my dad and thought, no, I want to I wanna train full time. So I need to get a job and do, do another sport where I can excel in that. Then we just thought, yeah, boxing's the way forward. Women's boxing's coming up now. And then I hung the kickboxing gloves up and moved over to boxing. Yeah, I saw it. Was it? What was the, I suppose, apart from the, the kind of the way it ended, how was the kind of the overall experience and the training like like that for... The overall experience, um, I think it was fantastic just to get an insight of what they do, um, having the coaches, having a nutritionist. Because um, uh, one, one of my nutritionists at the time was Josh Kelly, who boxes. Uh, yep. That's his nutritionist now. Um, so, yeah, just having that environment um, kind of made me realise, yeah, this is, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. But just obviously in another sport. Did you find it hard maybe to when it, when you were released? Because obviously, the, I suppose the thing with the that style of the taekwondo is the the shot, a potential shot at the Olympics. Was it kind of a bit of a was it hard to take? Um, weren't going to maybe get that it, shot. It was yeah, so it was. However, obviously with the kickboxing, it was never in the Olympics. So I never grew up dreaming about the Olympics because it was always we always knew that kickboxing was never there at the time. Um, so yeah, I've never really had that dream to go. But when I was on the team, obviously training for Tokyo to get that spot, and that was obviously exciting. Um, but I don't think it was that that crushed me. I think it was having to then get a job <laughs> is what I kind of hurt the most. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't regret it. I think I I move with life with everything happens for a reason, and I just that just wasn't for me. Yeah, and was that kind of the because I've seen it some some stuff on Instagram as well, like from the GB Taekwondo, that like the emerging talent stuff, they're doing some, looking to do some trials and look for people to apply. Was that kind of the setup that you would have, that you came through as well? 
yeah it was it was um it was called something which i can't exactly remember it was called uh talent yeah it was something um like a program which is yeah that's what i done what, what, what was what was involved in the trial what sort of stuff did they have you do it was a kind of spare was it stuff on the pads or so it was just um like technical so just kicking um across the floor and then it was just some pads um different speeds as well and then yeah a little bit of sparring at the end and did you find that did you find that a little bit hard not not being able to use your hands yeah I, well i punched the girl in the face <laughs> and they were like you're not allowed to do that and i was like yeah i'm really sorry it's just a habit and then obviously i i just didn't use my hands i just kicked um but yeah it was it was a great experience great experience yeah i'd imagine it's hard not to punch when like you're so used to it and, and the head is just there it's just <laughs> i know i know and you've only got them little um little gloves on so yeah that would be do you think kickboxing might might eventually end up in in the olympics with um with them getting whack or recognition or have you followed have you followed any of that in my opinion i think how the sport is moving now is definitely going in the right direction um i can't fault that but I had to, the reason why I had to get out of it is because by the time it does reach to where it needs to be, my age is going to be too too much. Um, however, my opinion whether it will be in the Olympics, maybe one day, but I can't give a definite yes. Yeah, I think that's what most people's opinions seem to be is like maybe someday. Um, we'd because love if people it love is to see it there, but who knows when? Who knows when that could happen? And which discipline? Would it be? Would it be the points? Would it? That's all in there as well. So, yeah, always the the question. That's that's a, the big question as well. That's always asked is which one gets in. And it's like that. You but is full contact or like K one or like kick? Is that maybe is that too close to like is some of the ring stuff? Is that too close to boxing? Like cause they already have that kind yeah. of stuff. And I know I know karate has got a is in at the next Olympics. But then if that happens to stay in, I don't know if it will. Is that too close to points then? So that's what of, I'm thinking as well. Or what's which one do you pick? Mm-hmm. So, so how did you how did you find the transition then from from kickboxing to boxing? Um, really well. Um, I'm very stubborn in what I do. If that makes sense. So when I first went to boxing and um, I had my coach, I sat with him and I said, "Yeah, I'm not losing. You're not taking away my movement." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm taking this with me." And he was like okay, that's fine, we'll work with it. So for the three, because obviously amateurs is three three-minute rounds, so the movement that I've got within that um, has transitioned amazingly. So I box, I can have a fight and I can, I can box. And how I like to box is kind of picking off, picking them off. So that's transitioned from the point, so hit and move, hit and move. And then when I need to have that scrap, I'll have that scrap. Um, but yeah, so like I'm saying, for the three three-minute rounds, the movement that I've got is is perfect. Obviously, when I start to move up the rounds, um, that will have to be tailored. But again, that's just something we'll work on when I get there. Um, but yeah, I think the transition is, has worked like tremendously for me. And what uh, what, what what amateur gym do you do you box out of now? So I was at Finchley, um, so obviously the home of Anthony Joshua, and then obviously my coach left there, and me and my coach get on really well when. Coming from with my dad as a coach, I have to gel with, with that person. So I can't just go from one coach to another. So when he left, I then went to a boxing gym called IQ in Neasden, where Dillian White's trainer is from that gym. Um, 
so yeah I'm, I'm another great place where i'm getting looked after so it's good yeah, yeah two, two top places i suppose at the moment finchley is kind of known um for for anthony joshua but it would have had a lot of top amateurs come through there as well previously mm-hmm. have had uh, we yeah finchley like finchley like outside of anthony joshua would have had a lot of top amateurs come come through that gym b- before him yeah yeah and as well there is um Shannon Courtney who was at Finchley and she's gone pro now with Eddie Hearn so that's amazing for her um and there's another boy called Yasser who's with a, uh, an amateur uh, a promoter called Steve Goodwin so he's gone pro from there as well and do you think just going back with the Olympics do you think you, you, would that be a goal uh, with boxing to maybe have a push at the Olympics obviously on the back of maybe winning the elites or anything like that yeah, so again, I would never rule that out. Um, obviously, Tokyo's next year now, so that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but if the GB door opened, I wouldn't say no. However, would I wait four or five years to go to the next one? It just depends on where I'm at at the time. And obviously, if a great promoter comes along before GB, then I wouldn't say no to that either. So it just depends on where I'm at at the time. Yeah. You wouldn't say if uh, you wouldn't turn down maybe a promoter to go pro uh, and try and hang on. Eddie Hearn, no way. <laughs> I would, I would do that tomorrow. Yeah, because I know that was kind of the thing. That even with like Katie Taylor, kind of pushed on, uh, like had won the Olympics, but then it was like, would she turn pro after that or stay on? And I suppose that luckily it's worked out in her favor that she, I suppose, stayed on and but has still managed to have a pro career. But I suppose like time is always is always a factor in what you're going to do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But she's um, she's such an inspiration, and her documentary on Netflix was just was just amazing to watch. It made me cry, but because obviously she, her dad, she was close to her dad as well, so yeah, it's relatable. Yeah, some similarities there, I guess. Is your dad still involved somewhat with with now, now that you're boxing? No. Um, so I'll always say to him, "Do you want to come watch me train? Do you want to come watch me train?" But I think it's that element of he'll get he gets like emotional, but doesn't show it. So he'll straight away be like, no, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I know that it's hard for him to see me with somebody else. He's 100% behind me and supporting me. But yeah, just to see me with someone else right now is hard for him. Yeah. And I suppose it would be hard as well maybe to, to, to bite his tongue and not, not, not coach if he was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he, he knows um, boxing, but obviously the boxing coaches that I have obviously know boxing a lot more so. Yeah, did you find it even hard then switching from like you know like points kickboxing and stuff like the three two minute rounds? Did you find that how was the transition to like the longer duration with the three threes? Um, so when I first started boxing, it was two it was two minutes until I became um, an elite, and then obviously when you're an elite, it goes to three minutes. Um, but yeah, no, I found it okay. It's just um, I started to do more runs, get my fitness higher, and it's just how you manage the round. So obviously, I start off just kind of looking, picking off. And obviously the last, I do that for about 40, 50 seconds. And obviously then the rest, that's when you have the fight. So it's just yeah. about uh, the ring management, really. But uh, did you feel at all like you were maybe, like often you see, you're seeing boxers there and some of them are starting just boxing. Uh, it could be six, seven years of age. And obviously you were maybe a little later just getting into strictly boxing. Did you find that a bit hard to compete with some of them at the start? In the kickboxing or the boxing? 
in the boxing. So like, obviously, you know, you have people who are just five or six start boxing, just using their hands, no kicks. And then you've kind of been in a different sport and you were trying to maybe catch up. Did you find that there was maybe a, a, a bit of catching up to be done? No, I think they've got to catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, I just think the kickboxing is just for any sport that you want to go into, it just gives you that extra edge with people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So because we've learned how to punch and move, whereas the boxers, I, I just feel they have just learned to punch. So yes, they can move, but the points is just gives you phenomenal movement, I think. Yeah. I, always, I actually always feel like, like even sometimes you see maybe even we kind of get it from Taekwondo. I think points kickboxing get it sometimes that that doesn't work in like MMA or the UFC because you know the style. But then my opinion is that is that fighting is fighting and that like distance, timing, movement, like that's all the same. Hundred percent. You know, so I think that actually it does translate over because like if you have an understanding of all those things, then it's kind of just a rule set you have to get used to. So like in boxing, it's we can only use your hands, but you know, all the main all the main components are the same. Yeah. And Michael Page is killing it in the MMA, so. The prime example, yeah. Ray, Raymond <laughs> as well, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you have trained with, uh, and that would, uh, like, have been on Page at any point in time? Yeah, so I have, so before boxing, um, I went down to London to shoot fighters um, with him, because um, obviously my family and his family and him, we were all quite close. Um, so, yeah, I did have a session there, um, but just the groundwork just wasn't for me. Just yeah. didn't like it, and obviously, I've got. If I want to pursue at something, I have to like it instantly. And I had a good session, but it's just then I just knew like this is not what I want to do, and it's just a bit brutal. I want again. I'll never rule it out in the future, but for now, just just the boxing. Yeah, and I think one of the things I think is is good with MMA is that they treat it the exact same, pretty much as the main. So the one thing it always kind of fr- frustrates me. Uh, especially in pro boxing, but even I suppose it kind of comes into the amateur boxing as well, is the fact that the women in amateur boxing have to wear headguards and the men don't. I think that's something I don't know why you would not have it the same. And also then in pro boxing, it really frustrates me the fact that it's only a two-minute round and not a three-minute round. It's like, yes. I don't know why, like, why can't it be a three? Why is it only like a, a title? For, why is it a world title fight for the women only 10 two-minute rounds, but the men is 12 threes? Like, why can't they do So, uh, would you have something? Sorry. Yeah, would you would you have any, like, what would be your feeling on those kind of things? Yeah, so I don't want to wear a head guard. Um, I think it makes you more focused and aware and your head movement is 10 times better because obviously you know you've not got a head guard on. My thing to that is the females and the males, we both have the same brain and we're both adults. So what's the difference? And then again in the pros, the two minutes, why not do three? Because you've done three. What, what I don't, under, I, I just don't understand it. And no one's giving me an answer. So <laughs> Yeah, I find this, and I think that's part of the reason why there isn't more stoppages in the women's boxing. Because I find anytime I'm watching Katie Taylor now, it's like she's just kind of getting heated up the round. She's just getting into the groove in the round and it's over. It's like if you add yeah. in that extra minute of, of landing shots, I think you see more stoppages. Yeah, it's 100%. I agree. Yeah, which is... I agree. Like that, in the pros, I suppose. Because it's hard. When when you go into the round, when you start, it's hard to just then fire off straight away. You naturally just look for it, look for it, and then you get built into it. 
yeah like that and even like i think if you're looking at it going oh the, like, the women can't put like you see in like in mma there's there's knockouts but then you go to boxing it's like well why isn't there as many knockouts there and i think it is because you have that a shorter time and like people want to turn up yeah. and they want to, they're seeing great fights but they also want to see some stoppages and i think if you added in that extra minute into all into the rounds i think you'd see more stoppages and then um, I, I, like you said yeah. because there's no reason potentially why yeah no i've no i've no reason and i will find out the answer one day yeah even the headgear i found like a couple of times like just any times we went where we would i suppose box just to train train our hands for our sport and if i put a headgear on a headgear i find like even if you make the person miss a little bit it's still could glance off the headgear you're fixing the headgear there's also stuff whereas if you take it off it might glance off it might miss it it just it just it, it affects the small like you said the small things that avoiding punches it, it does have an effect yeah if you just took it off yeah and i see better without one just like the sides yeah, so people actually maybe would get hit with less punches. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what does a what, what does a training schedule kind of look for you now? I suppose well, not now, but outside of Corona coronavirus, how does a uh, how many sessions would you be getting in a week, and what would they look like in terms of strength and conditioning, maybe running sessions, boxing sessions? Yeah, so I was running. So every week I'd probably give myself two days off, um, and but I vary them. I my coach. Um, so there's obviously no more than three miles because when you're an amateur, you don't really need to run long distance because the round is short. Um, so I vary it. So sometimes I do uh, one and a half miles and then I'll add sprints um, or I'll do two or three miles. It just depends on how I'm feeling on that day. Um, but yeah, I was doing, obviously got a bag here and obviously my dad can do pads, but I've not really had a set routine during this time. I've kind of just woke up and then just done whatever I wanted to do when I, when I was feeling like what I wanted, whatever I wanted to do. It was only recently this week, well, last Saturday, I believe it was, um, that I went back boxing, just me and my coach. Um, obviously, preparation for, because obviously boxing season's done now, um, but I don't feel, because in the kickboxing, yeah, there was less tournaments in maybe July and August, but they kind of didn't stop. So I don't believe that you should have an off-season. I think you should just train the whole way through. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I'm back training now, and that just looks like, just one boxing session in the in the day or in the evening um and i kind of do that four times a week and obviously then the other days i'll do my strength conditioning yeah would you would you do would you do much have many sparring days no so that is obviously because at the gym that i'm at i'm pretty much like the only girl um so i do fight the boys which isn't a problem but um we're a gym where we are we'll only spar if we need to spar because of all uh, the heavy punches and things like that we don't spar every session so there's not set days it's just you might spar one week then have two weeks off and then spar again yeah because like and obviously then lead up to fights you'll go to other gyms and other gyms will come to you yeah i suppose that, that you don't really want to be in them, them wars in the gym you can well, save it for save it for the, the competition competitive spirit and do you have somebody then who looks after your strength i think you mentioned already you mentioned maybe having nutritionist do you have somebody who looks after your your strength and conditioning for you i'm so i don't have a nutritionist that's when i was on the taekwondo um sorry yeah yeah i just i just kind of because of the weight that i do i do 51 kilos so i'm kind of at that anyway um but there is a 48 kilos as well so we was thinking of maybe doing that but 
I won the Winter Box Cup in December at 51 quite comfortably. Um, so yeah, I think the challenge will be, we'll know whether I do 48 when I reach kind of international level and well, when I fight the international girls, I mean, um, seeing their height and things, obviously I'm quite short for, for the weight and obviously a lot of people drop from maybe 56 to 51, whereas I'm kind of at that anyway. Um, so yeah, 48 is definitely in mind. So I can do like a 48 and then the 51 and mix between the two. Um, but yeah, the strength and conditioning I do, there is a guy in East London. So it's quite a, it's about an hour from me, um, but it's, it's worth it. Yeah, I do. And um, do you feel it's a benefit to have kind of somebody look after your strength and conditioning for you than trying to look after that kind of stuff yourself? Yeah, definitely. Because obviously the weights and stuff is not my strong point. So I don't really know form and kind of what to do for, for whatever I need. And my card, so what we did when we did the testings, my cardio is is on point, is, is where it needs to be. It's my strength now, obviously, because the points fighting was never full contact. So it's now just the strength that we need to build up. So, so yeah, I find it, uh, find it a lot easier when I've got someone just kind of telling me what to do and how to do. Yeah. And so it's twice a week you said you kind of do that type of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, the nutritionist, is, he, is that the same person or are you, do you have somebody else? In no, this? so that was just in the taekwondo. So I just kind of... Hey, when, sorry, um, if you go to 48, are you going to bring in a nutritionist? Or who would you think that would be? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, because I like do my own food now but I don't do like macros and calories and things like that because that just goes over my head so I would definitely need someone to help me out with that yeah <laughs> after I've had a couple of people on and like that with nutrition and strength and condition it's like they need somebody if, if you're looking after yourself like that it can be hard to keep yourself on track and you start double guessing yourself and uh, so whereas if you have somebody else looking after and say do this so that makes everything much easier yeah 100% and I like just being told because I work as well. So it's just easier. And how do you find balancing, balancing work with, 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 with training? Um, I balance it pretty well, but I am very tired. Um, so obviously my work is full time. So it was uh, varied. So it's retail. So I can work weeks. So my two days off are varied. Um, but yeah, I work nine to six. And obviously my boxing class starts at six. So I'll get changed at work drive straight there then I'm about 20 minutes late so I always stay a bit extra um and yeah then I train come home shower and everything then do the same the next day so yeah it's tiring but it's worth it you know yeah but do you find even though maybe having having that type of con uh, consistent structure helps you know you're going to be at pretty much every hour of the day yeah definitely I, I prefer structure and routine all good yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just drop that out there for a second. So, um, so then what were kind of the, I know you mentioned the elites, but what were the kind of upcoming tournaments that you were also looking at? Was there any other tournaments you were looking at getting in? Yes, it was. So this year was going to be the elites and then finish on the Harangay Box Cup. So both of them are, are really strong tournaments. And then we was looking to do the Winter Box Cup again in December. So have a few bouts when the season starts in September and then do the box cup again in December. Then we was looking at doing an international tournament next year, and then the elites again, then the Haringey again, and that's when we was going to look at what road I was going to go down, whether GB doors had opened by then, um, or if it was looking at going pro. 
And do you think maybe pro is more likely uh, at, at this moment in time? I think yes. Um, yeah, on top of my head right now, yes. But again, if the, if the door's open, then I wouldn't say no. And is, is, it, is it Eddie Hearn the preference? Or if somebody else like Frank Warren or anybody else comes along? Yeah, no, of course Eddie Hearn's the preference. Um, but again, I would always sit down with anyone who, who opened the door and obviously sit down and have a chat. Um, I wouldn't rule anybody out. I would always talk to someone uh, about it and what they can offer and things like that. Yeah, well, obviously, I suppose the, attracting, the attraction is Eddie Hearn when he has people like that, like Katie Taylor and that on the, on the, um, in the stable and a couple of other people, Shannon Courtney and um, Terry Harper, I think, is another one he has. Yeah, he's Terry Harper, nice. I really like her, I do. Her boxing, she's just very smart and her IQ is just, yeah, she's cool. Yeah, her last fight was a, I suppose, especially being the underdog, was a, a she was a technical masterclass, really. Yeah. Yeah, so they're looking at I think Natasha Jonas for her next. That'd be good. That'd be yeah, that'd be another another really good fight actually. Yeah. Okay, you still hear me? Um, yeah, and I suppose especially you get you get onto them Sky shows as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a dream. That's a dream. <laughs> if you can be in the same, and I suppose because even I suppose Katie Taylor got the option as well to had the chance to, when when he brings them big Anthony Joshua cards to Wembley, if you can sneak onto the undercard as well, you get that opportunity I as know. well. So. I know. <laughs> it's exciting. And, um, so then, uh, just actually before we kind of, before we kind of maybe finish up, if you had to pick maybe a, a favourite fighter. My favourite boxer. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be a boxer, but, so right now would be Lomachenko because I just think he's phenomenal. His movement, his training, just everything. Um, he's just he's just crazy and exciting to watch. And I'm someone who I find it some I do find it hard to watch. If I have to watch my weight in boxing in the amateurs, I find it hard to watch it because they're just one dimensional and I find them boring. Um, I like to watch people who are unpredictable and you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, do you do you feel a little bit like that yourself? Because maybe you're coming, you're bringing some of your kickboxing background into boxing, so maybe you're a little bit not so orthodox yourself. And, yeah. in, in some of your movement and that. Yeah, so my dad taught us to not be one-dimensional. He taught us to kind of do everything, um, and obviously that's why I bought the sweep. That's why I drilled and drilled and drilled the sweeps because um, no one was doing them in the in the female division. And then, um, yeah, I just like to be excited and different. Have you tried any of Lomachenko's moves? Um, I'm working on them. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> but yeah, we're working on them. I suppose you said you did little, I think he, he's supposed to have developed a lot of his footwork from dance. And you said you did a bit of dance. Do you think that's maybe, there's a, maybe a connection there as well? Not for me. No, for him, definitely. He, he <laughs> drilled his dancing. Um, but yeah, no, mine's just from the kickboxing. Yeah. It's kind of mad, isn't it? Like the fight... His dad told him he had to go and do dancing for, was it three years? He had to do three years of dancing before he could go boxing. I know. But look what he's done for him. That's, I know, yeah. With that, I suppose that's how you really find out. Do you really want to box? Is that really what you want to do? Yeah. When he holds his breath, I watched his documentary on YouTube and he holds his breath underwater for such a long time and he juggles and 
it's just crazy. Yeah, we we actually did some work with kind of um, a sports psychologist a few years back, and he had us kind of doing like some of those exercises where like you know you you maybe spar, you do a, a drill, and you come over and you, you you try to can you count numbers? Can you like because they'd be all messed up in a board, and you have to go in order. And can you still stay focused and relaxed? So I think there's maybe something that's kind of similar to what he does and why he's always so relaxed under pressure. Yeah. Because I suppose he never feels under pressure. He always sees the situation in front of him. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I remember when we did those exercises, like you could stand back, but not tired. And you go, oh yeah, sure there it is. And you do it, no problem. But And you think even, ah, oh, you mean a little bit of sparring and then come over. Of course I can do it. But it makes a big difference. <laughs> If you had to, if you had to pick a favorite fight to watch, what what's been the, f- the favorite fight? A favorite fight that you maybe have seen? Um, in boxing. Yeah, it can be boxing. Yeah. Um, favorite fight that I've seen. Um, I'm gonna say so. It's not the favorite fight. It's the favorite kind of situation would be the Josh versus the Ruiz. So the first one obviously was you didn't know that was gonna happen, but then what I liked was. So Anthony Joshua fought one style and then when he came back, he was a complete different person. And that's, I think that's my favourite because he brought other coaches in for that. Um, and then just watching him, you could see he drilled so much new things and he had more tactics into that fight and obviously he smashed it. Yeah. And the discipline as well to maybe to, to stick with that to not you know, to not step away from that plan and go back to what he did in the first fight to stick for the 12 rounds yeah. to the game. Yeah, plan. and he had movement the second was, uh, time. Moving around the ring. Yeah. Do you think him and him and Tyson Fury will, will happen? Or do you think it'll be Fury and Wilder no, first? No, I think it'll be Fury, Fury and Wilder first. I think they will leave the Josh and Fury till like, the very end. And are you, are you sticking with Are you sticking with your... I suppose maybe gym mate with, with Anthony Joshua. 100%. And he's from Watford, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suppose you have to, yeah. You have to. Um, yeah, actually, I think we, we might wrap it up there. I don't think I've overly anything more to, I want to ask you. Um, I really enjoyed the chat. It was yeah, it was, to, it was lovely. Thank good, you. Good to get it back on. And um, somebody has crossed over from, I've had some people from kickboxing and points kickboxing but none of them have switched over to, to boxing. So it's been uh, good to have a chat with somebody who's that kind of has that story and background. Yeah, yeah. That's been cool. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Ben, for coming on. And hopefully, you'll get back to proper training and you'll, you'll get, those, to get those fights in. And yeah, definitely. Not good luck with your training as well. Thanks very cool. much. So, all the Thank best. Thank you. Keep safe.